Before we get started on today's episode, I wanted to give you a heads up. Audio quality isn't great. We've done a lot of work to clean it up, but uh, we're still not really happy with it. And there's a big gap between last recording and this recording, you may have noticed. That's because we weren't sure whether or not we were going to upload it and we we're getting the quality worked on. But we have decided to go ahead with it. So if you can put up with the quality, I highly recommend you do because there's some really great content in it. So we look forward to seeing you on the other side and a big thank you to our loyal listeners. We also have a little tip for today's episode. We'd love you to bring what I refer to as childlike curiosity. That's right, childlike curiosity. Be really open and curious to what there is to get from today's episode. It's going to potentially challenge your current thinking and beliefs. So I would love for you to be able to get the most from today. And let's bring a level of childlike curiosity where you're just free to learn, explore and have some fun. Welcome to the Ross, L and Luke show. We're Aussie blokes, we're dads and we're entrepreneurs. Between us, we have made a lot of mistakes and learned a few things about life, love, relationships and business. And we're here to share those with you. You may get three different perspectives or you may get one universal agreement. But whatever you take away from today, you can be guaranteed we enjoyed delivering it to you. And L, we're without Luke today. So he's... Uh, yes, he joined the illustrious and... club. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Excellent. So yeah, he's out on the road and uh, driving and with a, with a car full of kids. <laughs> Apparently so. Yeah. Awesome. And one thing I wanted to uh, to ask you about, we didn't get to talk about it last session, you were off to go to a fast EFT session. Um, and yep. uh, yeah, we said we were going to talk about that. So I'd love to you to tell us, share that with us now. Yeah, okay, cool. Uh, well, what's going to be best is if you, if you uh, ask me, the questions that pop to mind for you because I could start in so many places and I'll probably take up an hour and a half of the uh, 30 minutes if I do. <laughs> sure, sure. So I guess starting for, you know, for, for our listeners and, uh, and even for me really, um, you know, what is it and what's the purpose? Okay, great. So I can't tell you what the EFT stands for. Um, however, I can say that EFT is a, let's call it a therapy where tapping is used to let go of beliefs. And so faster EFT, I'm guessing, is a faster way of doing that. <laughs> sure. And with to let go of what was that word? <clears throat> beliefs. Beliefs, right. Old, old and deep-seated beliefs. Yeah. Okay, sure. So I was introduced. So I've got a, I've got a physical issue with my right ankle, and I saw a doctor who referred me to a plastic surgeon who naturally put me in for surgery, and I was okay with all that. Um, while I'm somewhat cynical of the medical establishment. I have. I, I totally accept that they are very, very good at the mechanical, the surg surgical. So I accepted that, and was on the waiting list. Uh, well, funnily enough, with a private surgeon, um, 
and it turned out that the public waiting list was shorter than the private one, which is a bit odd. So anyway, went on the public list. After around a year, I had, I had an interview, which was the, the pre-surgery interview. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah, well, it is. Now, that's, that's okay. That's okay. So um, I, I was you know, kind of interested in inverted commas. We all know what that means in, in finding another way anyway. And, you know, in all that time, I didn't really do a lot. So, you know, crunch time was coming and, and through, through someone that I, I, I really respect, um, you know, and, and in the same way I view you, Ross, this is a person that just does so much reading and understanding and then shows me what they've read and understood in a way that I can readily understand and, 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 yeah. and, uh, and use. And so, you know, anyway, she made the referral to someone that she'd done some work with and, and um, the idea was to see if I could or if we could discover what it was in my, my beliefs, my deeply held beliefs that was effectively stopping my body from healing itself. And, okay, in simple terms, um, the reference that she uses, and I couldn't tell you what that is, um, however, it's going, to, it's, going to be a, it's going to be a book that's going to be considered non-scientific by many. Um, that reference suggests that the right side of the body is affected by our, our masculine Side, and the ankle is a part of the body that is related to moving forward. Yep. And so when we put those two together, the, the, the suggestion that an issue in my right ankle is that I'm uh, I'm not moving forward in my in my masculine, which can be interpreted a number of ways. Um, and 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 the good news is. Um, Ilka, the practitioner, doesn't sit there and attempt to interpret it. She does what any of us are doing in a, in a coaching situation and ask questions to dig. Yep. Now, again, I'll just, I'll just give the really short... Um, there's two... There's been a lot that's come out of it that's been highly powerful. My, when, I, when I finally did that first uh, session with her, my ankle had gone from being swollen and a little bit uncomfortable to to the discomfort increasing. So, so you know, my compulsion to do something was was raised. And after that first session, definitely there was definitely an easing of that swelling. Um, can't say that it's healed. It was healed though. Um, what we discovered during that session was that I held two beliefs quite strongly, and in a way that I didn't realise. The first one that we discovered was that I associate growth with pain. And what that meant was I, I didn't believe deeply that I could grow without enduring pain. Mm -hmm. More surprisingly, that's, that's actually a common one. There's even a saying, no pain, no gain. So yeah. unfortunately, yeah. that's embedded in, our, <laughs> embedded in our psyche. Um, the more extraordinary and disturbing discovery was that I associate pain with love implying right. that on a deep, deep level, I don't believe I can experience love without pain. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that that wow. was a powerful awakening, and certainly, you know, it certainly woke me up to some stuff that was happening to me there and then. Yeah. And yeah. and helped yeah, me that's big. helped me like it's huge. It's huge, and it helped me let go you know, of some stuff that that I believe helped me and other people in my life. Um, so yeah. that, that, was a, that, that was a big realisation in the first session. Um, and then the, the second point of interest for me was uh, in my last session, uh, I was parked on, the, on, a, on a cliff overlooking the ocean. And during the session, a massive storm came in to the point where I couldn't, through my windscreen and my car was being buffeted my 3.2 ton car was being buffeted by the wind in a way where I felt I was going to be thrown into the sea <laughs> and and during that session I let go more than I have in a long time and more than I have other than a, a very small handful of times in my life of some deeply held stuff so powerful powerful experiences yeah awesome okay so, so I can hear that uh, that you'd highly recommend um, EFT. Absolutely, highly recommend it, and highly recommend Ilka, the lady that I'm that I've been working with. I've done three sessions now. Awesome, awesome. So, just to kind of talk about some of the things that that you shared from, I guess from from an alternate perspective, they align very much with a lot of the stuff you were saying. But um, just to kind of I guess give it that other perspective. The what the way our beliefs shape our life is is incredible. So mm. the experience that you've been through there about uncovering beliefs that you have and and how some of the stuff that we've got actually I guess attaches itself to our body physically. There, mm. When I was first learning about coaching in the NLP space, one of my mentors said, I can tell what's what's going on for someone if they tell me where the pain is in their body. Like if it's in their knees, wow. their gut, their shoulder. She said, I know what they're suffering in their life. And if it's typically if it's in their legs, like you mentioned, they're they're stuck. They're not moving it forward in life. Yeah, right. And and inside that space there were people there that had like, you know, trouble with their knees and things like that and they and when inquired yes they were stuck in their life they weren't moving forward so we'll get pain in our body as like a physical pain injury illness whatever it is as a representation of how we're actually experiencing our life um yeah. and that was a fascinating thing to see like i haven't really explored that area but i'm certainly well aware of its existence but when we talk yep. about the beliefs, because this is where I spend, this is where I do work. Um, I work in the space of the belief because what we believe creates our state and it's our state or our way of being that causes us to behave in a certain way. So if we believe that somebody is mean or, you know, doesn't like us or, you know, says hatred things or whatever it is, if we believe that about someone, Whenever we're around them, we'll be expecting that behavior from them. And even if they just said the simple, how are you, we're going to take that differently. 
is if we if we're with somebody that we believed loved us, and they said, "How are you?" We would experience that question very differently. And in and fact, actually, in fact, if, if they said said something with a lot less compassion, we would give them more, much more leeway than the other person. Absolutely, absolutely, mm. and actually, and when we have a belief about someone as, as being, you know, someone we don't like, when we carry that belief around. It doesn't matter how hard that person tries to be nice to us. We can't experience that niceness because it doesn't fit into our world. We just think they're trying to pull a wool over our eyes or, you know, get close to us so they can do something nasty or whatever it might be. So that person can never be anything else in our eyes. And if, we, and if they ever make a mistake, then we'll crucify them for it. And we just go, oh, see, I, you know, I knew that that person was like that. But everybody on yeah. the planet makes mistakes and we all, you know, none of yeah. us are perfect and we all operate from our beliefs and all our beliefs are made up, which is often really yeah. hard for people to hear that the beliefs are made up. Yeah, but that's why people argue, because yeah. people believe different things and all our beliefs yeah. are made up. Yep. I accept that. I, 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 can you give, can you, can you just, I know you've done it before, but can you just give a really concrete example of that for anyone that is listening? Because... I'm totally with you. However, automatically, I, we know that many people's voices will chime in saying, no, 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 there's some things that are absolute. Oh, the beliefs? Yeah, that we, that we all make them up, basically. Yeah. Yeah, sure, sure. So um, there's probably <clears throat> a lot of different ways that I could go with this about our beliefs. And I'm not even saying whether they're right or wrong. Like that's, that's a conversation we need to kind of, we need to take off the conversation. We need to remove right and wrong as the conversation. Because we look mm. at, if we look at a belief as being right or wrong, it's really hard to have the discussion that we're kind of, we're moving into right now. Because if mm. someone goes, well, I believe this and it's right, and they believe that and it's wrong, then it's really hard to come from a space where we can kind of look at a belief as made up. So, oh, and e.g. religion. Religion does this very well, doesn't it? Religion, I mean, we have the word dogma to describe religious belief because it is so strong. Yes. Yeah, so people that are highly religious and really strong in their faith believe it, you know, backwards. And all we've got to do, and that's probably a really good example, is just look at different religions. Yeah. You know, there's so many different religions and they all have their mm -hmm. own beliefs. And inside of that, you know, they're all, they're all right inside their own religion. But if you compare yep. them, they just don't compare. Yep. So, and you might find overlap in some of it, but they will, they will believe it's black and blue. Like they'll just go, this is, this is how it is. You know, when I die, I'm going to heaven. Or if I've done the yep. wrong thing, I, you know, I'm going to go to hell. Or it might be something entirely different to that. You know, there might be a completely different version of that. You know, if you look at um, if you look at Buddha, you know, we come, we get reincarnated as a higher or a lesser being. You know, we do the right yeah. thing, we might come back as a dung beetle. We do the yeah. right thing, you know, we might evolve into uh, something else. So, yeah. our and, and you know, we have no way necessarily of proving any of it, but the belief about it is you know is like life and death for those people yep 
And and let's let's talk about an example of the planet being flat. You know, before we discovered that it was actually round, the every human on the planet believed that the world was flat. And there was no other evidence other than the world was flat. So everybody completely believed that. But that wasn't fact. But it didn't matter because it was inside the context of everybody believes it. So yep. people that said it would rant was round would be labelled as being wrong, even though which is they were the heretics, <laughs> which is the heretics. In fact, it was quite violent. Yes, yeah. That my wrong was a very, <laughs> a very nice version. Yeah, if you said the, yeah. the planet was round, that's right. There was uh, you were you were in for a world of hurt. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, which is really weird that to think that people would treat someone with a different point of view so so extreme. But yep. that's kind of what we do in life. We go, well, your version of, of what you believe is different, therefore it's wrong because I can't believe that I'd be wrong. So really to inquire, yeah. is, we need to take right and wrong off the table. So, so I, I can't believe I'd be wrong or my parents would be wrong or my church would be wrong. <laughs> yeah. That's right. So it's nothing personal. So we've really got to remove that whole personal yeah. thing from it. There is no right. There is no wrong. There is, there is different points of view, and that's perfectly all right. There is no right and yeah. wrong. You know, there is no kind of that whole that, – in fact, it's a whole massive space, and we live from it in, our, in everything we do in life. You know, we, we don't know that we can do anything wrong as a child, um, we start experiencing things and we try something and it doesn't go well. We, you know, maybe we get hurt and we go, well, I'm never, that was wrong. I'll never do that again. Um, mm. and, and, and then you go to school and the teacher, you know, you write this thing in your book and the teacher puts a big red cross through it and you go, well, that was wrong. I'm mm. never going to do that again. And we start mm. seeing things as wrong rather than this big green tick going, I'm so proud of you for giving that a go. That's really awesome what would actually work better here might be if you did this, this, and this. Or that's not spelt the way that we spell it in the English dictionary. This is the way that you'll be able to communicate better with other people instead of just putting a big red cross through it and telling me I can't spell. So that was a bit of my own stuff there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, so there's an example of, an, of a story that I went through to relate to it. So, yep. so let's take... Let's remove right and wrong. There is no right and wrong. Now, Great. all we've got is beliefs. And how do we create a belief? Well, we have an experience in life, whatever that experience is. And from that, we give it some kind of meaning. We go, well, um, for an example, you know, um, the guy who had, a, had something fall out of a tree, was it an apple that fell out of a tree and hit him on the head? And he discovered... Why is that Newton? Yeah, that's the story. Yeah, there we go. Isaac Newton. And, and he theorized that there was this thing called gravity. Now, that doesn't mean that gravity was real, but he made a hypothesis. He gave it some kind of meaning. Hey, if something falls out of the sky, then there's this force making that happen. You know, it fell out of the tree, hit me on the head. Yep. So he's, gave, he's given it a meaning. But it could be anything. Yep. You, know, you could be walking along and you're at school and somebody throws an apple at you and it yep. hits you. And then you make the belief that, you know, people don't like you. But that's not true. <laughs> what happened is somebody threw an apple. But now you've got this belief that people don't like you. And from that moment on, for the rest of your life, you're going to operate inside that space of a made-up belief. 
Now, yep. whether or not it's right or wrong is irrelevant, but you now have this belief that shapes your future. This belief now shapes everything that you do. Yep. So if, you, if you're in a relationship with someone and you have a belief that relationships are hard work, I guarantee you your relationship's going to be hard work. Yep. If you're in a relationship and you believe that relationships are the source of, of all your joy, then I believe you, I, I know that that relationship will be awesome, but other areas of your life may not be. Yep. And the only thing that's creating that is your belief. Because what happens when you believe something is you act in a way that is aligned with that. Yep. So if I believe that whenever I go to the pub, I need to get into a fight to protect um, my respect, then I can be guaranteed I'm going to be behaving in a way that causes a fight every time I go to a pub. Yep. If I have the belief that um, I'm the life of the party and everybody enjoys talking to me, then I'm going to act in accordance with that. You know, I'm going to be happy, I'm going to be smiling, I'm going to be joking, I'm going to be having a lot of fun. And that will be a self-fulfilling prophecy. So our beliefs create our way of being and it's it's that state or that way of being that actually produces the result. Yep. which is kind of the self-fulfilling prophecy based on our beliefs. And all we need to do to change any area of our life is to either change the belief, which changes the state, or even just change the state. We don't even need to change the belief about it if we just change our state. It's a lot easier, though, yep. when you first... Now, hang on. Hang on, hang on. So can you, when you finish that, can you just talk about the change of state then? Because that, that was a powerful suggestion that you just made. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I will finish what I'm saying, um, and then I'll absolutely address that. So the changing our belief will change our state so that we can actually behave differently. But if we just change our state and we behave differently, then it will create a different result. So we don't actually need to change our belief in order to change our state, but we do need to separate them. So to, address what you're talk, to address what you're talking of, what you kind of asked me or inquired about there, um, or asking me to, I guess, to, to separate for our listeners, our state is, when we're not conscious of it, is a result of our belief. Yep. Um, so anything that happens in life will create for us, an internal representation which activated off our belief creates a way of being for us. You know, creates a certain state. But to change a result in any area, we need to simply change our state. The challenge that most of us have when changing our state is that our state is a product of our belief, not a product of choice. Right. So when we allow our environment and our thinking to determine our state, that will create our results. When we separate them and literally just choose our state or our way of being, we go, you know what? I want to be happy. 
because I'm just going to choose to be happy. I get that every time that I turn up to this meeting, it's boring and I couldn't care less about it. And, you know, and, and at the end of it, I'm lumped with something that I don't want to do. And whatever story you've got going on about it, to just let that go and choose to be happy regardless of any of it. And, and the way I say this is that I choose to be happy regardless of circumstance. And I've used this really simple one before. I don't like washing dishes. I've got much better things to do with my life. So I could quite easily, when washing the dishes, be in a bad mood. You know, my state or my um, way of being could be grumpy while I'm doing the dishes. Or I could simply just avoid it and not do it at all. And then, you know, we've got dishes that haven't been washed and then there could be an argument or whatever it is. But if I'm going to do those dishes, those dishes don't have to be the source of my state or my way of being. They don't need to be determining whether or not I'm happy. Yep. I can choose that regardless of circumstance. And can, and I, then, just, can I just counterpoint yep. that in the simplest possible way and say that I find dishwashing cathartic and I find it's the best way I can add value in any social situation. Awesome. <laughs> so that's I think that's another example, isn't it, of, of just our beliefs? Totally. Absolutely. And you're like, that's something that I can do anywhere, anytime, and I can be of service. Exactly. And I'll often do it at a party. You know, I'll often be the one collecting rubbish, collecting bottles, uh, glasses, plates, doing the washing up, just because I feel, yeah, I feel special doing it. It's really, and and. I get that people hate doing it because, you know, I could say, yeah, vacuuming, that's, the, that's one of the ones for me. Um, yeah, got it, my However, <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. And this is, this is exactly to the point of what you're saying, that, that our, our beliefs are just these things that are shaped how they're shaped. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. And, that, and doing the dishes or doing the vacuuming, you know, yeah. none, of it, none of it has anything other than the meaning that we've given it. That's it. And, and, you, you, I'm, I'm sure you've got an insight into the NLP view with the faster EFT. Well, at least what Ilka said. I'm presuming it's part of the faster EFT. These beliefs that we are working with were basically formed before we were eight. Yes. Yeah. Most of now, what operates our life, even as an adult, was created before we were eight. Absolutely. The first, that, the first seven now, years. How many eight-year-olds or less have we looked at and their beliefs now? However cute and, and, and innocent they are, those beliefs are what we call infantile. <laughs> totally. And so that, that's what's driving us. Phenomenal. Absolutely. Our, our child made a, a little kid made a choice with, with a very little, very narrow view of the world because they didn't know anything else. They did the best they could and they made this decision. And that, now, that decision now shapes our life as an adult. How scary is that? <laughs> yeah. So this, this so-called adult sitting here is running around inside a child's mind thinking that, yeah, that I'm all special and grown up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's how we relate to life. And, yeah, it's fascinating. It is. I agree with that. Yeah. And yet now... When we learn this stuff, we get to be free of all of that. We get to make brand new decisions about anything and everything in life because we now know it's all made up 
and it was all made up not only by us, but by us when we were a child, making mm. child child's decisions rather than, you know, experienced decisions based on something useful, and we now get to reinvent ourselves. That's Beautiful. Right. Can, can I throw out another practical um, measure or test that people can apply to themselves for this for the thing you just mentioned? Yeah, it'd be awesome. So, okay, for those of us that are that are prepared to go there readily, just watch our interactions, especially when we get emotional, and especially if we get emotional and there's children involved. And watch where we go with our actions. And I'm going to suggest that the vast majority of us are going to go into child mode ourselves, especially if the emotions are, are, are strong and and um, and driving sort of fear and that sort of thing. And then for those that, that want to go a little bit further, test it methodically, like, start a conversation with a child designed to push their buttons and watch them push yours back and watch how you respond. Yeah. And my point there is that I I know I'm really grateful because now I'm at the stage where occasionally, very occasionally I see my behavior while it's happening and Mm -hmm. correct it. Certainly the vast majority of the times I will see it soon after it's happened and take remedial action and occasionally I have to have it pointed out and very rarely do I actually argue with it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's nice when you get to that point where where some just come, someone points something out and you just go, yeah, cool, got it. And then you just correct your behavior and yeah, and you're operating from a higher perspective straight away. Yeah. It's worth the journey. Absolutely. And uh, I think this is something we've discussed at length once, Ross. I love the saying, be childlike, not childish. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Childlike curiosity is a, is a wonderful place to play, especially when you're getting into this. You know, if it's the first time you're really kind of inquiring into this and and, and it would have, and this is really great that you brought this up. Um, and, and it would have been awesome to share this with people at the beginning of this whole conversation. To be in a place of childlike curiosity where it's fun, it's playful, and you're inquisitive, and you're just kind of exploring it all. We bring so much significance to things because everything's inside this space of right and wrong. Throwing that out and just being really childlike curiosity where it's just fun and it's exciting and it's new is a really awesome way to get access to this quickly and freely and powerfully. So yeah, good, really good point. Yeah. And actually it's funny what you just said reminded me of Ilka again. So the lady that does the fire ST because she and I share a lot, it seems. Um, and I won't go into the detail other than during our sessions, there is a lot of laughter. And, you know, I mean, she is, she's helping me go back to moments in time. So that last call where that storm raged, it was wild. And then, you know, as, as I released some stuff 
you know, the storm subsided, the sun came out. I mean, it was just, it was poetic, <laughs> you know, and, and I know people well that will say it was just coincidence. And Ilka and I both know that what was going on around me was somehow related to what was going on within me. And I've experienced yeah, that many times, not just that once. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so, uh, but anyway, she and I enjoy a very childlike sense of fun during a lot of that, you know? Um, so, you know, it's okay. Well, even when it gets heavy, it was funny. I had a face-to-face session with her up in Noosa. She lives up that way and mm-hmm. um, not in Noosa, but, you know, and we had a face-to-face session in the bar at the hotel I was staying at. And at the point where we were going to get down and personal, she said, oh, are you happy to continue here or should we go somewhere else? I said, no, I don't mind. You know, everyone else gets mm-hmm. a free a free session. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that's, I ain't, I ain't anywhere near my best yet in, in the greater scheme of things. However, I'm letting go of how I look, to quote you, Ross. I'm letting go of what other people might think of me, and I'm just being who I have to be when I have to be it. Yeah. 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 And that's such a such a gift to give ourselves and others, really, to be yep. free from... You know, this kind of ego thing about looking good for our need to kind of look good is so constraining on our lives. Yep. Um, it, it really is amazing the constraints that, that has. And, and, and when um, you start looking at that for the first time, you'll only get a, a, a glimpse into what the impact is. But the more we inquire into that, the bigger the impact. You know, almost everything we do shows up inside of that space. Mm. Yep. Until we're free of it. Yep. So, yeah, so that's so, awesome. And so, again, that's very childlike, I believe, to yeah. be who we need to be when we need to be it. You know, and I know we can explore then the ramifications on those around us and and, and a whole lot of other things. However, I, I believe that by and large, children do bring an innocence and a love and a and a and a constructive energy to these to these situations. Yes. Yes, and it's inside of that vulnerability without without strength. Yet, so yep. as a little child, they're just vulnerable. Um, yeah. Yeah, vulnerable, open, loving, and then stuff happens that hurts them, and they put all this stuff on top of it. And it's a matter of getting back to it. But now as an adult, we can be more complete in that space. We're more able to protect ourselves. We're bigger, we're stronger, and we're more resilient. And that's when that space of vulnerability and unconditional love and everything really becomes extraordinarily powerful. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just removing the the garbage, the, you know, those, those choices we made and meaning that we put to things that was all made up. It's just yep. removing all that made up stuff so we can get back to who we really are. Yep. Beautiful. Mm. Awesome. I think that's probably a great place to, uh, to leave everybody today. It is. And I, and I recommend because I just did it. Take in a deep breath and let it all out, mate. <laughs> I just had that. Yeah. Really, let something out. 
it's freeing. Yeah, thank you. It's uh, I I I love Luke and his thinking and his energy, and I do miss him. However, we always bring something else when when the opportunity is there. So I guess this was a different experience for for us and anyone that listens. Absolutely, absolutely, and I think that's one of the things about life. You know, I hope all our listeners and um, as well as us were able to bring some childlike curiosity to uh, to today's podcast. Yep. Mm. All right. Thank you, nice Alan. It's been awesome. Thank you to our audience, and uh, we look forward to catching up again soon. Absolutely, mate, and thank you for making it possible. Good job, Rob. Oh, thank you. Welcome. Bye. Catch you soon, mate.